and welcome to the Dr. Reddit podcast. I'm your host, Fergal Glynn. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined on our podcast by Nicole O'Brien. Nicole is a marketing and sales enablement leader at the Ty Ferris Group, and also Nicole is one of the founding members of the Sales Enablement Society. Nicole, would you introduce yourself to our audience, please? And also, thank you very much for joining us today. Sure, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I've spent about a couple of decades uh, in the marketing communications uh, area in um, global co- global companies. So um, I've had a lot of experience with marketing, sales enablement, um, in the marketing role and all that that entails, and um, within the communications and thought leadership and content development areas. Hearing a lot about the Sales Enablement Society, and I would love to learn how, what's your involvement with the society, and really what was the catalyst for this great society that's helping our community? It's really a funny story how the Sales Enablement Society uh, sort of grew and became uh, itself. (laughs) Scott Cantucci, who is the the catalyst leader of this group, um, decided that he needed, you know, more contacts uh, within that Washington, D.C. area. At that same time, I was thinking the same thing, that a lot of my contacts over the years uh, lived globally, and I didn't have a whole lot in the area where I physically lived. We had this first meeting. It was a very, very cold day in January, and we had a packed room of people that showed up. Everybody was eager, and we started around the table just introducing ourselves and what we did and what our passions are, and it all seemed to align to um, sales enablement and the role, different roles of sales enablement that we all had, but they all sort of aligned with that one big bucket of sales enablement. So we all def- we realized we all defined sales enablement in a different way, but we all touched it in some way. So we, we decided, you know, let's figure out what the best practices would be because what we did share with each other was a common frustration about feeling like you were the vice president of broken things. We always had to go fix something. We couldn't figure out, you know, how to align everybody and pulling in the right direction. Um, Personally, you know, creating marketing and communications and thought leadership materials and uh, really doing some beautiful work and having teams that have done some amazing work, um, award-winning work even, and then you get to happy hour and meet your sales team, and they don't use it. Not only do they not use it, they don't they don't even know that it exists half the time, which is you know part of marketing's problem. We're not communicating with our with our sales guys, but they don't. It's not what their customer needs, so they're making up their own stuff. And so that being such a huge frustration, I found that there are other areas within sales enablement in organizations, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter what industry you touch, um, those frustrations are in every organization 
in in different silos. So we started to compare notes and we started to really figure out what what are the differences, what are the similarities, um, what are you know, let's break it down into some basic areas, uh, you know, to tackle what would a sales enablement, you know, an optimal sales enablement organization look like? Um, what should what should a sales enablement organization look like? And and should you know how to how to really get the different areas of sales enablement to understand that they're part of sales enablement and that the end customer really is the sales force, the sales executive. And after many months of meetings, so we're calling it March, April, May, we hammered out what really is the overall concept that we're starting to really flesh out now in detail. And that is that the sales enablement organization really to have to have the most benefit and the most effect should be run like a business within a business, which means if you've got a leadership role, you really have to look at the way your organization talks to the other pieces and to understand, you know, how the dollars that you spend, where they go, you know, looking at it like a business, running it as if your you know, your your end customer is sales and and having those concepts bubble up to the top and running it as a business using the end user, you know, using the customer as being the center. And so for sales enablement, our customer we've agreed is is the sales team. So using those concepts and having it go bottom up uh, rather than top down, um, we realized made a whole lot of sense. So we're in the process now of flushing that out. And Nicole, I know physically that you started out in the D.C. area, but I know members of society dispersed across the country. Yeah. Can you tell us about um, the geography now of the society, and then also how can a listener become involved? This little D.C. council that we had, and, you know, at the beginning we called it the D.C. Sales Enablement Meetup Group. I mean, we had, we didn't even bother to brand it because we didn't think it was, you know, anything really important. And as we got farther along, um, the sales enablement, Society started out also in, in parallel as a LinkedIn group. So not only do we have like the DC meetup and the members there, but we we established a sales enablement LinkedIn group as well. And we were sharing and debating ideas on that group um, on LinkedIn, you know, after each meeting and in between meetings. So it really was a conversation that continued. It wasn't just at the meeting, it continued through. Well, others in the industry, in other cities, were saying, wait, this is really cool, what is this? And anybody we talked to uh, was very, very interested. So that sort of was like wildfire. And we had, first we, we established uh, meet up our uh, sales enablement society group in San Francisco. Now there's one in Boston, um, there's one in Chicago. 
there is now one in London, which is fabulous because we were able to leverage a lot of our um, international contacts who were, were asking questions about this LinkedIn group. Um, and they said, well, we want to do this. So we were, were helping them establish a group in London. Um, Australia has, uh, has also um, asked for uh, participation and, you know, how do they get involved. So it's really been um, an, a, just an amazing journey. Um, we've got over 350 members, and we're really um, running it, you know, we've decided to call it the Sales Enablement Society. Um, we've set up a website. We are, um, and we're still completely volunteer driven. So there's no, you know, advertising or there's there's no, there's just really a networking group that's really trying to put, to do some real good around sales enablement. So there's no dues. Um, you just come and you contribute uh, your ideas and your opinions. And you usually take away more than, than what you arrived with, which is what I've found. Um, if you want to get involved, um, first I would do is uh, ask for, uh, make a request on LinkedIn to join the LinkedIn group. It's the Sales Enablement Society LinkedIn group. Also go to our Sales Enablement Society uh, webpage and sign up there. And that address is sesociety.org. And on there you'll see um, there's a lot of information, but there's also a little sign-up sheet where you put your contact information in, and that goes into our database. And then wherever you live, uh, we will send you invitations for, you know, groups in that area. You can also just join if you don't um, live in an area where there is a group. You can still join and still get all of the notes from the meetings and participate online and um, eventually, you know, we will, we're planning to have a national kickoff meeting in Florida next month. So there will be other activities that you could travel to or, or go to for free. Sales enablement is becoming more and more strategic at companies. And I'm hearing a lot of the, the practitioners in the space talk about that it's, it's now a certain company is getting elevated to report directly to the CEO. But that's, that's only at, at some companies and it's probably at the most progressive companies in the world. But from what you're seeing, Nicole, um, how, how do you think we can elevate the role of sales enablement as, within the enterprise today? Um, we, I'm glad you asked that. We discussed this uh, in depth this morning. We had a meeting. Um, uh, we had our monthly uh, October roundtable uh, meeting this morning, so I'm coming off of that pretty fresh. Um, what we discussed really is the to elevate the role. First, you have to think of it strategically and be able to quantify it in a way that an executive looks at the business. So. If you are a sales enablement leader, and you may not have the title as sales enablement, or, you know, I, I don't know if there's really that many vice presidents of sales enablement, or that you you might be 
a senior vice president or a vice president of marketing, you might be a CMO, you might have a different title because uh, sales enablement and the way companies approach it are, or the, or the way companies organize it is what, what I should say, are completely different everywhere. There's usually not one that looks exactly like the other and it really depends on the size of the organization and just the way that it operates. So the operating model is, is, is very uh, varied out there. There aren't uh, a lot of similarities there, but the jobs are all similar, the actions are similar, and um, in order to, what we, discuss, be discuss, what we are discussing now is in order to elevate your role you have to do a couple of things. You have to make sure that you're get, looking at a bottoms-up approach or, and you're running it as if it was your business. So you're looking at your budget and you're saying, you know, I have to be strategic about what I'm creating and how I'm delivering my services. And that means developing what is a service, you know, within your business. And you've got to look at what you do as providing a service to the senior VP of sales, the VP of, or any of the sales leader, and how does that benefit all of the client-facing people that you're serving? And if you look at it from that from that lens, it gives you a clearer direction of what are the things that you need to do and where you need to spend the money in order to give them what they need in order for them to drive revenue and expand wallet share and all of that. So on the flip side, you have to make sure that you're communicating upward to the C-suite, to the executive suite, in a way that they understand because they often, you know, we're not speaking in the, in the same language as your CFO is. And when you start quantifying things in dollars and cents and return on investment and it's measurable and it's traceable and it's clear, it all becomes very clear to the executives who are, they will understand much much more easily what you're doing and how what you're doing is affecting the bottom line. And so that clarity is so necessary and we're finding that if we structure our organizations as a business within a business and we use, you know, four different areas, four different pillars um, of success that you need to set up and you organize it and you have a bottoms-up approach as far as messages, as far as, as everything that the sales needs. It's a constant dialogue with um, between the silos so that everybody is talking and then you can adjust. And that makes it more traceable. That's much easier to, to show ROI, to show uh, what the benefit of what you are doing every day because often we, we can't trace that very well. Um, so we're really putting some meat on that, what that looks like specifically, and uh, we're making progress. But 
it's it's a combination of a bottoms up uh, listening and being able to speak to the C-suite in the language that they understand, and that's in you know financial language that they understand. When you look at the state of the state of sales enablement. How do you assess it in terms of what's working and what is wrong? You know, working well. What's wrong is the varying approach and the the definition of sales enablement is different everywhere you go. But what exists that's similar everywhere you go are the silos um, that are not talking to each other. And that's the frustration that's coming out of sales enablement organizations or or the activities that people are doing every day to drive sales enablement because some people don't some companies don't even have a sales enablement role. Some have directors of sales enablement, some have VPs of sales enablement. But what they're doing is not necessarily similar or not not a same not the same across the board. So there's no measure of guaranteed success. So what we're trying to do is to figure out what that look what the guaranteed success plan looks like and to be able to apply it and give people the tools in order to how to how to look at it. Tell us how you see sales enablement evolving over the next five years. Oh well if I had a crystal ball We'd all be, I'd be a lot happier, I think. <laughs> um, what I'd like to see over the next five years is is a framework for people like me and people like my colleagues who are in different siloed operations across the world operating and doing great work. Um, I would love to see a framework where it would be very, very clear on how to organize these organizations for the best success, for the most traction, for the most efficiency. Um, and I think once that's done and we change the way we look at how we are practicing sales enablement um, and change that dialogue so it does resonate with the C-suite, your CFO, and all of the decision makers, I think that is going to be where sales enablement becomes, you know, the the tool that people use to be successful. And they know exactly how to do it, and they know best practices. They know what they should do, what works, what doesn't work, um, how to talk to each other, how it should be organized that uh, it would eliminate the frustrations and I think that it would save a whole lot of marketing dollars. It would save a lot of, you know, uh, sales dollars. It would just save a lot of product development dollars. Um, field marketing, I just the, the money that is that exists now that's being spent is most definitely not spent in the best way that it could. And one big distinction that I think that needs to be made is that when we're saying that sales enablement needs a construct and needs an organization around it, the acts of sales sales enablement, we're really talking about re-utilizing what we've already got 
in a corporation and refunneling existing money that is being spent elsewhere into the right direction in order to drive growth. So what we're not doing is suggesting that we add a whole bunch of other stuff to the place that's already there. We're really talking about getting getting it together, organizing it, and finding out how dollars should be reallocated in the right way. And I think that's the conversation that you have with your CFO and the, the executive team that is focused on driving strategy and operating costs. So all of a sudden that will make sense to them. And I think if I had my crystal ball in five years, I would love to see that at least moving forward in that direction or at least having, you know, most organizations beginning to recognize or have already recognized that reallocating what they have and reorganizing the way they are working today um, is the best way to go. And being able to um, have each of these silos speaking to each other and working towards, you know, that horizontal sales enablement um, focus. And I think that that would be what I would love to see in five years. And hopefully um, that would happen. Um, but I definitely see, if I had a crystal ball, I would. I definitely see companies moving in that direction, really starting to look at sales enablement differently, and looking at it in a more organized way and more strategically. Nicole, I've heard about the Sales Enablement Society National Forum is coming up quite soon. Could you tell us about that, please? Yes, it's really exciting. We're going to have on November 11th at the Breakers in um, Palm Beach, Florida, we're having a our first national meeting, and that's going to, it actually has sales enablement professionals coming from all over the country, and I believe there's some international guests as well that are who are attending. Um, it is it's going to be a half-day sales enablement track um, for all members. It's free for all members to come. And we're going to have a great discussion on sales enablement. We're going to try to continue um, our discussion on building out structure that we're looking to, uh, to put together. We really want to hear um, some more insights and really talk about it. It's always a lively and informative uh, informative venue 